is the Werther effect, and why was there a string of suicides by young men dressed in blue coats and yellow pants in 18th and 19th century Europe? We'll discuss that today on Footnoting History. Hello, this is Elizabeth, and welcome to the June 22nd episode of Footnoting History. This morning, we will be discussing the dark legacy of a work of literature by a young German man. In 1774, 25-year-old Johann Wolfgang von Goethe published the book De Leiden de Jungen Werther, or, as it is known in English, The Sorrows of Young Werther. Written in only six weeks, this book is one of the best examples of the Sturm und Drang or Storm and Stress, literary movement in which characters express extreme emotions. This decision by adherence of Sturm und Drang, to not only incorporate, but to celebrate emotions, was in reaction to the rather cut-and-dried rational period of the Enlightenment. And boy, did Goethe celebrate emotions through his protagonist, Werther. Based on a recent failed love affair, Goethe's Werther, say that three times fast, falls for a young country girl who is, alas, already engaged to another. Lottie, the object of Werther's affections, stays true to her fiancé, and Werther determines that the only way out of this predicament is suicide. In true romance style, Werther's last words, which he leaves in a letter for his beloved, are anything but tempered. See, Charlotte, I do not shudder to take the cold and fatal cup, from which I shall drink the draught of death. Your hand presents it to me, and I do not tremble. All, all is now concluded. The wishes and the hopes of my existence are fulfilled. With cold, unflinching hand, I knock at the brazen portals of death. Oh, that I had enjoyed the bliss of dying for you! How gladly would I have sacrificed myself for you, Charlotte! And could I but restore peace and joy to your bosom? With what resolution, with what joy, would I not meet my fate? But it is the lot of only a chosen few to shed their blood for their friends, and by their death to augment a thousand times the happiness of those by whom they are beloved. With a few more farewells and directions to leave him dressed as is, Werther raises the pistol and shoots himself in the temple. Unfortunately for him, the shot is not true and leaves him unconscious but alive for the next twelve hours, until he finally passes away and is buried, as requested, under a certain tree. Neither Charlotte nor her husband nor a priest attended. Melodrama at its finest, eh? Within a short amount of time, Goethe disagreed, and he grew to hate this work, and in fact both the Sturm und Drang and the Romantic movements, and he regretted his oversharing as many might a drunk text, if, you know, said text of youthful indiscretions became world famous and was assigned reading in secondary school. Others, however, were not so against it. Napoleon carried a copy of the work on campaign with him. Throughout Europe, teenagers and young men related to this work of unreciprocated love, to show their appreciation, they dressed in blue coats, yellow pants, and pirate shirts that would make Jerry Seinfeld wince. Unfortunately, this innocent form of imitation was followed by a more insidious one. Goethe's work is believed to have caused not only copycat fashions, but copycat deaths. Goethe's protagonist's fictional suicide led to approximately 2,000 copycat suicides in Europe, most of them young men dressed in yellow pants and blue jackets. Like their hero, they also chose to die by the gun. The threat was so serious that the book was banned in Italy and Copenhagen. 
Over the next two centuries, popular figures in government as well as celebrities of stage and screen also chose to end their time on Earth a little earlier than expected. Sociologists and psychologists believe there was little to no correlation between the self-inflicted death of a well-known personage and that of the common man, but all that changed with a paper given by a professor in Syracuse in the 1970s. In 1974, David Phillips, a South African sociologist, gave a paper entitled The Werther Effect about how a well-publicized suicide, especially of a celebrity, causes the rate of suicides to increase for the following month. Phillips reached his conclusions after examining the New York Times cover pages between 1947 to 1967 for any mention of a suicide and then determining whether suicides were more than average for the following month. For example, in 1965, Daniel Burroughs, a Ku Klux Klan leader, committed suicide on November 1, 1965, after it was revealed he was Jewish. The next month saw a slight bump in suicides compared to the average for the month in the preceding and following years. After Marilyn Monroe allegedly overdosed on pills in August 1962, the number of suicides increased by more than 200 for that month. This phenomenon is so well known and accepted that various nations, including Turkey, Norway, and Canada, discourage media outlets from reporting on suicides. Authorities were fearful there would be a similar increase after the death of Kurt Cobain in April 1994, but a pre- or rather post-emptive strike by Seattle crisis centers kept the numbers low in that city at least. And of course, over the past few years, we in the U.S. have seen an increase in copycat suicides by victims of bullying. Some countries even have a suicide spot. In the 1990s, Aoki Gahara Forest in Japan was named, quote, as an ideal place to complete one's own death. Since then, the number of bodies found swinging from the trees has increased yearly, and authorities have posted a sign throughout it saying, please consult the police if possible before you decide to die. Of course, all of this correlation leaves historical suicides rife for speculation. Following the passing of Cleopatra, did young Egyptian women, rejected by a lover, choose to end it all by putting a poisonous serpent to their breast? As the work of Goethe demonstrates, the increase in suicides is not limited to the month after the action, but it can occur once someone has become aware of the event, fictional or not. Regardless, the Verta effect is an example of the lengths people will go to in order, sadly, to achieve a permanent end to what is most likely a temporary problem. This has been Footnoting History. If you like the podcast, be sure to visit our website, footnotinghistory.com where you can find links to further reading suggestions based on this week's podcast. You can also follow us on our Facebook page and on Twitter at History Footnote. Join us next week when we'll be talking about social unrest and popular protest in early medieval Italy. Until then, remember, the best stories are always in the footnotes. See you next week!